Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Hi-dee-ho, boys and girls. Welcome to the Chad Keys Podcast, HR's Most Dangerous. I'm Joel Cheeseman. And I'm Chad Sowash. On this week's show, TMP gets gobbled up by a private equity firm. Another one? We know how this one turns out, don't we? Career Builder dumps MC. And if you thought job boards were worthless, wait till you hear what someone paid for old-timey ATS people <laughs> fluent. It's the mergers and acquisitions episode. Stay tuned. Lastly, trip. <laughs> yes, there will be a trip. Oops, wait. I just don't know. That, that's it's not the, the L, ad. That's the El Chapo ad, dude. The El Chapo um, <laughs> uh, visit Mexico ad that we have. No, sorry. Let's uh, let's let's play the real ad for our listeners. Job Ad X. As the best ad tool in the industry, we provide publishers and job boards higher rev share than other partners through our smarter programmatic platform. In many cases, 30 to 40% greater and more. We're like AdSense, but with a better split for you and added relevance for your audience. Job Ad X also offers recruitment marketing agencies, RPOs, and staffing firms real-time dynamic bidding and delivery for your clients' postings through the industry's first truly responsive tool, not set and regret. All of this is done with the flexibility of cost per impression, click, or application. We also offer unique budget conservation options to effectively eliminate spending waste. Finally, JobAdX delivers direct clients, superior candidates through the best of programmatic efficiency and premium page ad positioning. To partner with us, you can visit or search jobadx.com. You can also email us at joinus at jobadx.com to get estimates or to begin working together. JobAdX, the best ad tool, providing smarter programmatic for your needs. If people think we have fun, our sponsors have a lot of fun. Case in point, the Job Ad X crew mm-hmm. from Vegas showing up with beer for an interview and yeah. peeps, yeah. by the way. A uh, little Gordon Ramsay dinner. So shout out, I guess, first uh, to those guys. Isabel, Tim, Amit. the whole gang uh, had a great time with them at uh, Sherm yeah, Talent. Don't forget Amit because uh, we have a podcast with him. So if you haven't heard that one, you don't know about jobs at Job at X or or even Tal Rue, uh used to be jobs to careers. Check out our, our, our last podcast. It's a one-two punch of knowledge and insight into two uh, really interesting companies in our yep. space for sure. And we're not just saying that because they pay us. No. Why the hell would we do that? It doesn't hurt either. <laughs> other than... <laughs> Other than bringing us beer, maybe. The beer is probably more valuable uh, than anything else. But uh, anyway, uh, shout outs. Um, we've had feedback that they're too long, so we're going to try to tighten them up. I don't know if I can real chat in, but uh, let's get to an abbreviated, hopefully, shout out. You first. Okay. Uh, number one, uh, Jack Russell. <laughs> the dog? It's not a dog, I swear. <laughs> 
Jack Russell is uh, a former career builder intern who was very uh, insightful in a story that I did for ERE. Um, he's not real keen on the deal, uh, you know, for whatever reason. You have to read the story to find out exactly. <laughs> uh, Jack is, let me get his, his he's the strategic recruitment analyst at Advanced Group in Chicago. Thanks for listening, Jack, and thanks for having such a cool uh, name, like a dog name. Your parents must <laughs> yeah, love you so much. Mac Pritchard, who we met uh, at uh, TA Tech in Vegas, uh-huh. a job board owner in Portland. Uh, it's his site is called Max List, which is very Craigslisty ish and <laughs> Angie's listy ish. But Mac is a really nice guy and hopefully a new listener. Mac, shout out to you. Uh, and lastly, from me, Blair Cheeseman from Fusion Academy. Uh, for no other reason than he has the best name and the last name in the world. And he attended uh, this week's Ratedly webinar. Blair, thanks for uh, joining and thanks for listening. Since you were the only one on the webinar, Blair, we now, appreciate see, that's that. bullshit. That's <laughs> bullshit. Can, can I go now? Yes, you may. Okay. LinkedIn loves us. Sarah from LinkedIn. Tom, I'm going to screw your last name up. Prezuiz. Uh, he's out there pimping the pod to his friends on LinkedIn, which is awesome. Uh, Ed from Philly was hating on TA Tech audience. Good job, Ed. We love you for that, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Nancy from Philly tweeted us a pick from vacation. From vacation, What's with the vacation picks. <laughs> We're getting pictures from the beach, from airplanes, first class cabins. Like, what is the deal? It's good. Angela Payne from Monster. For uh, the Google for Jobs Intel coming to Canada soon. And last but not least, Ed Newman from Phenom People for his HR's most interesting man video. Dude, seriously, just because we've coined the phrase HR's most dangerous podcast doesn't mean that you can just go ahead and take interesting. Yeah, I, I assume go to YouTube, search Ed Phenom People interesting video. And uh, it's a it's a funny take on, <laughs> obviously, the Dos Equis commercials. And these, these sort of guerrilla ads are interesting. Yeah. Like you remember um, Le- uh, Lena's yep. uh, from... Um, Lila. From Lever, Lever, whatever it is, uh, she had a nice Christmas video that blew up. So we're seeing a little more of these gorilla type homemade raw videos. Um, and I assume we'll see more of these. And maybe, maybe we should make one sometime. Yeah, don't get crazy. Yeah, sorry. Let's talk a little bit about the trip, though, man. We were in Vegas for a whole damn week. Yeah, my my liver still hates Ooh, me. I've, I've got to say, I've got to say, Tony Lee always thought he was cool, but he is much cooler than I ever thought. What do you think? Big cheap trick fan. Yeah, Tony. Tony's like, you know, he has, he's he's a child of the 70s, I assume, in terms of he came of age in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So he has some really cool, like, rock stories, concert yeah. stories, um, if you ever can corner Tony over a drink, ask him about uh, his concert portfolio. We've got an interview with him that should be coming out in the next week or so. So check that out when you see Tony Lee. Guy's been around this industry for a very long time mm-hmm. and he's got chops. Uh, thanks to Su- Susan Vitale for the drive by hugging. It feels like she's like off all over the place, but uh, appreciate the quick hug <laughs> as uh, you were on your way out. Yeah, she's a popper in her. <laughs> she pops into shows and then leaves. Great interview with uh, Sackett on Indeed Jail and the two CEOs that we've got going on right now. 
um, we we did find out that our listeners are pretty damn cool. Yeah, we we continue to be humbled by uh, our fans and that people actually listen to this crap. So um, yeah, it's awesome, totally so, awesome. And if you haven't heard the the Sackett uh, interview, it's really really good. It's only about fourteen minutes, but very insightful. And Eric Kostelnik, he was at he actually gave the uh, the keynote at TA Tech. Mm-hmm. Eric, you straight stole our shit, dude. You've been listening to the podcast, and that was a PowerPoint version of our show. Congrats, it, it was great. We stole our shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> And apparently he rattled off a whole bunch of companies that stole his <laughs> shit. So there's a whole lot of stealing going on uh, in this ecosystem. If yeah. nobody knew that happened, um, it does. But yes, Eric, love his candor, love his openness. He was great as the keynote. And uh, we're interested to see what's next for him as he cashes out on Indeed or ISEMs, excuse me. So last but not least, to Armando from Higher Match. Uh, dude, this is advice, man. If you need to, are you real? Are you throwing? Are you going to do yes, this? I'm going to do this, dude. He's, he's got to hear. Okay. It. He's got to hear, it. dude. If you need to read from a script while presenting and legit can't run a PowerPoint, I don't trust your blockchain knowledge, man. <laughs> I, I don't trust your blockchain knowledge if you can't do those very simple things so get your shit together dude yeah don't have a don't give a powerpoint where it still says <laughs> click here to add text on the PowerPoint. Uh, there's a there's a tweet out there i did i did I, I i drew first blood on on the poor guy uh yeah don't do that otherwise uh hashtag chat cheese for more shout outs and more love and Check out our tip line uh, at chadcheese.com. We've been really uh, surprised at how many people are coming out of the woodwork with stories about uh, vendors and layoffs and mergers and acquisitions and whatnot. So if you got a tip for us, go to Chad Cheese and hit us up. Cool. Let's do the show. All right. Uh, following the private equity playbook to a T, um, career builder. Looks like it's starting to sell off its crappy uh, businesses that aren't making money, starting with MZ, MC, yeah. uh-huh. I'm saying that wrong probably, MC Hammer they sold uh, this week. Yeah, I don't know much about MC. They do uh, analytics. They do yeah. predictive stuff. Uh, they were bought by a company mm-hmm. called Strata, who does education stuff. That's about the extent mm-hmm. that I know about this stuff. Um, you had uh, you had actually some insight from um, an insider though, didn't you? Yeah, well, I mean, MZ. It's, so it's E M S I, and it's labor market information. It's got jobs data, profile data, and and they pump a lot of that information into uh, talent discovery for CareerBuilder. And in a message to CareerBuilder employees from Matt Ferguson, we uh, we actually got a copy. CEO. Yeah, it was pretty much just. You know, trying to tell everybody at Career Builder, yeah, we're selling MZ off, but it's same as it ever was, same as it ever was. Although, I'm not sure that it's going to be the case. I mean, the messaging says all connections will stay the same. We will still keep Career Builder. We'll still keep selling MZ products. And Andrew Krapushitz, that's one of the worst last names I've ever, Krapushitz. It's worse than Cheeseman. Jeez. At MZ is still happy to hear that. Although... You go further into the message, and the email actually unveils that uh, the MZ representation of career builder revenues is less than 1%. So y- you understand why they're getting rid of this. They're looking at the bottom line saying, you know, this isn't doing anything for us. But there are really two things that career builder, I don't think, gets. And, 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 and I don't think Mr. Kapruchitz 
gets is that career builder wasn't selling that product anyway and if you're going to hope and pray that career builder sells it now that it's not actually owned by career builder you're gonna have a problem dude i mean less than one percent if you believe that's going to grow, you're wrong. And number two, Kribbler didn't know how to sell it. The data, all that information, one of the biggest issues, and we've talked about this uh, last few months, but Career Builder's biggest problem is using what they have in their portfolio to create kick-ass products. They're not doing that. Um, developing concise branding and messaging, and most importantly, learning how to monetize those kick-ass products. Yeah, and for all we know, this this thing was bleeding the company in terms of resources and headcount and everything else. I mean, I'll go back to the Apollo Global private equity firm that is, you know, majority yeah. shareholder of the company. Mm-hmm. This is part of their maximizing profits initiative, and this is what private equity uh, does. And we'll talk about it more in depth with TMP a little bit. But look. We know that they're laying off people. We know that people are leaving uh, from executives on down, engineers, salespeople, um, you know, probably glad that people are leaving to, to a certain extent because they can just increase the bottom line. This is the second phase, and they've probably been working on this just as much as they have headcount. Right. Is what businesses can we dump to increase profits? And MC, in my opinion, is the first of many companies that are going to be dropped um, by career builder. Um, in the coming in the coming year, yeah, or just tech that they're gonna they're going to really just eject. After talking to you know uh, more salespeople um, at Career Builder, more engineers at Career Builder, the big focus that they've really heard is EBITDA, EBITDA, EBITDA. Um, so I mean, Career Builder was slammed into a tight EBITDA culture, and they are not an EBITDA company. Not historically. Not like Ronstadt, and, and I think they're they're sliding monster into that direction, but they're not slamming them into that direction. So it's all about margins. Uh, if you understand EBITDA and you understand, obviously, overhead, um, they're they're cutting a bunch of hubs. Yeah, and you, you, you said something that was really telling and that, you know, salespeople typically are really good about focusing on you know a few products or one product that they can really understand and if you have a salesperson that's you know used to selling job postings and now they have to sell you know analytics predictive whatever mm-hmm. you know that's a really tough leap for a lot of people let alone salespeople to make so my guess is you know this this product probably wasn't being sold like you said right um so let's get rid of it it's an expense we're not getting it anyway the revenue isn't there anyway so get it out of here so my question would be what of what of career builders portfolio would you categorize as as a challenging sell to get like to understand right that's so far out of bounds from job postings that it's probably going to be next on the chopping block well here's the thing and so i'm going to take it the other way from from what i've heard career builders focusing heavily on the job posting piece because the margins are so high sure. and all their solution architects so when you start talking about building these dynamic solutions mm-hmm. you see this in rpo they they have what you call solution design or solution architects that's where the big dollars come from. Actual sales come from is when you can pull together those different types of technologies. Well, all those people are actually gone and they're, they push them back into sales roles. And that's the focus of, again, trying to maximize where they see their biggest margin. So to answer your question, anything that is not core, that has 
high margin, right? Mm-hmm. Has a lot of had a lot of EBITDA of, uh, ability there. Yeah. They're, they're all low hanging fruit, dude. Agree. So let's talk about TMP, the most recent victim. Well, I shouldn't say victim. Maybe I should say victim. <laughs> of being gobbled up by a private equity firm, uh, in this case, one called Gemspring, which mm-hmm. I've never heard of. No. Um, thoughts on this? See, Caribbean, they have a, a ton of technical assets in their portfolio, right? Oh, so they, they yeah. have all these different products. They have these different companies that, you know, that they Stuff. have running um, that they can sell. Uh, so from an asset standpoint, you know, career builder, I can see where you can look at it and say, oh, there's, there's, there's money to be made there. Um, if you squeeze mm-hmm. tight enough and you start selling shit off, um, from a TMP standpoint, the only, I mean, they have technical assets, but they're around talent brew in most cases. And, and I think they've really pushed hard to create a platform that has also created bias for them because they're supposed to be an unbiased um, purveyor of knowledge and spending money, right? And I'm not really sure that they can keep up with all the startups that are happening out there as it is. So I think it's going to be harder for a TMP in this scenario unless they really start to boost the hell out of products or boost the hell out of sales through what they normally do from a traditional standpoint. And that's just selling a shit ton of ads using everything that's out there instead of trying to build up a talent brew, which is a competitor to most of these people in the market. Yep. You know, historically and and people that are new new to the industry don't appreciate the fall that has sort of occurred with the agency business. Um, you know, in the days of when agencies could just answer the phone and put display ads in Sunday newspapers, like life was really good, you know, getting 15% of a five to $10,000 display ad and doing that a lot mm-hmm. was very profitable. Um, the job board industry created commoditization, right? So the 5,000 display ad is now a $99 ad yep. on hot jobs, right? Um, so then there was a phase of like, well, let's, let's create our own technology and try to sell, get a hundred percent of the profits. Right. So like, let's make a jobs to career or jobs to web uh, SEO uh, competitor. And you saw that on the direct employers end and, and create all these like social, like have a page on Facebook, you know, they offered that for a while and um, that really hasn't worked out. They're a, they're a skeleton of what they used to be. I commented at the Sherm talent show, like the Sherm, all the Sherm shows used to be at least like half of agencies, right? Tons of agencies. Now there's like two, there's like a small number of agencies. So, uh, I agree with you. Like they are a consultant. I think there's a need for them, particularly with all the AI automation, chatbot, uh, deep, uh, big data stuff that's out there. Like there's a need for companies to say, we don't really know what the hell we're supposed to do or, or buy or right. use, like help us do that. But that's less of an advertising situation exactly because you yeah. have the pro- programmatic mm-hmm. end coming in, which is going to be a thing, right? Yes. So now it's yes. like, who's the best programmatic. So this becomes a really challenging industry, although they make a lot of money. TMP has some really good clients. Um, a private equity firm is probably going to replicate what we saw at Career Builder, what we're seeing at Monster. Um, it gives an opportunity to the boutique agency. And I think you and I both in Vegas heard stories about people dumping 
the bigger type TMP agencies for the smaller, more personable ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to continue. I think a lot of companies that use TMP are going to look at this acquisition and see people leave or see people um, see things go away that they're used to and look for alternatives. So um, we'll see what happens. But um, I, I don't think this is probably a great thing for the future of, of TMP. I don't see them like hiring people and growing this thing out. But uh, I guess we'll see. It'll be interesting to see the direction. As I'd said, you know, with the the technology, are they going mm-hmm. to try to continue to compete in in the realm of technology? Um, I, I don't know. I, that, that's hard. And then also, like yeah. you'd said, on the programmatic side of the house, everybody's doing the ad buying piece. So there are so many different, as you said, boutique types of agencies that are really specialized. Competition is high, mm-hmm. very high in all flanks for them. Yeah. And what did we hear at the conference from the programmatic guys? Like that's, that's ultimately a, a commodity too. Yep. Right. So yep. I, I, I just don't know where a lot of this stuff go. I mean, and, and private equity, it's not in their DNA to say like, let's build out products. No. Let's enhance, let's, you know, evolve, let's throw stuff at the wall. Mm-hmm. Like you said, maximize profits, sell stuff off, um, sell it off to whomever. Um, and that tends to be the history of, of what happens with these yeah. with these guys. So uh, if you're at TMP and stuff goes on, uh, hit us up at chadcheese.com and let us know what's going on. Where's the bell? <laughs> you want the bell? You like the bell. Sovereign AI matching is the most sophisticated matching engine on the market because it acts just like a human. You decide exactly how our AI matching engine thinks about each individual transaction. It will find rank, and sort the best matches according to your criteria. Not only does it deliver the best matches, it tells you how and why it produced them and offers tips to improve the results. Our engine thinks like you, so you don't have to learn how to think like the engine. To learn more about Sovereign AI matching, visit Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. Google. We got to talk about Google every week. We need a like. We need like a theme song. <laughs> a Google theme song. Yeah. Uh, so we, you'll definitely you definitely be hearing it in India, right? Google for Jobs is coming to a neighborhood near you and all around the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you know, th- there there's really not going to be an area. Okay, that Google for Jobs is not going to try to penetrate I, Europe, right? Canada is supposed to be coming, supposedly. Yeah, we've both we've both heard the country up north is getting uh, Google for yeah, Jobs. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's coming. The big question is, how do you work with it? How do you leverage Springboard off of it? That's the big question. And you know, as we've we've actually talked to job board owners and job site owners and whatnot. Um, over the last months and especially last week in, in at Sherm and, and TA Tech, you know, the question is, where do you pivot? Where do you go? You have to find something different than just being a damn job board uh, unless you're mm-hmm. super uh, niche and you've got a community that people really need. Uh, unless that, I mean, you, you're, you're going to be struggling. You're going to be struggling. Yep. And we, you know, again, go, going back to Vegas and it's, it's great to get out and see like presentations and different mm-hmm. points of view and, and updates. But one of the things that really struck me uh, was someone said, someone presented and said, what is the most, what is the scariest page on the internet? Um, of course I said your, your LinkedIn profile, <laughs> but that was the wrong answer. The right answer according to this presenter was 
Google for Jobs uh, search results yeah. page. And one of the things that I thought was interesting was Google has stopped putting uh, the ATS URL as a apply right. option, and they're putting in the company name um, as the option, which I think is part of the um, the, the taxonomy or whatever when, when you uh, submit jobs mm-hmm. to the site. But to me, and I think we've talked about this before, is that, look, if you're a job seeker and you see, okay, here are the ways you can apply to this job, either the company or career builder or zip recruiter or LinkedIn or monster or right. whatever, like you as a, as a job seeker, which one are you going to pick? Even though the others might be easier, right? you're probably going to think that your best chance to get into the company is by using the company website. Agree? Yeah, I, I would agree just, you know, from, from what I know over the, over the last decade or so, but I think that's changing because yeah. some of these services uh, are, are offering a better experience. And that's what Google's looking for. And that's really what I think what Google is trying to find out. Is ZipRecruiter a better experience than the actual corporate website? You know, is, mm-hmm. is that site, is this site? So I think that's something that we're going to figure out. And this is this is really the key. And when I talked about these different job boards or these different job sites or whatever, recruitment companies trying to leverage Google for jobs, this is what I'm talking about. If you have a mm-hmm. better experience, for that customer coming through to the job, uh, you're going to win. I mean, that's that's the beautiful thing. Um, or you're not. <laughs> so you better focus on being great. You know, we've talked about is you got you got to Amazon that shit. Yeah. Like it, it's got to be one click, good to go, done, um, and effective. And I think you know what someone asked in the presentation was, you know, how does Google decide which job boards show up on Google mm-hmm. for Jobs? And certainly there's some relationship things there, at least initially. But over time, Google's going to know which sites people click on and come back to Google and click mm-hmm. something else because they do this with their yep. search results. Like in their search results, if you click on a result and then you're back on Google within like five seconds, they know that the result that they gave you sucks. So eventually that page in this in this case is going to start slowly going down the search results page or Mm -hmm. rankings and eventually not show up. So I agree with you. Like if job board X is horrible and people click on it and go, this sucks and goes back to Google and clicks on something else, that initial site is eventually going to disappear in my, in my, you know, in my best guess over time. So you need to work on your apply stuff and make it as Amazon as possible. Yeah. So again, it's, it's about experience. Google cares about the user. That's the person searching for the job. Uh, and your content really doesn't matter to them because it's, it's shit. Guess what? It's it's going to be kicked to the curb. However, it's also uh, a real red flag or wake up call for ATSs mm-hmm. to make applying really easy on their site. Because if, if you can make your apply mm-hmm. really easy to the point where I as a, an employer don't have to put my job on, all right. these job boards that also show up, then guess what? I'm going to save a ton of money if I'm not using, you know, half or percentage of the job boards mm-hmm. that I'm not using or I'm using today because my ATS got it right with the apply yeah. process. Yeah. And I think a handful of a- ATSs really give a shit about the user experience. Just a handful. <laughs> the rest of them, they don't give a, they don't give a shit. You can go out and you can go buy uh, a cosmetic apply partner to be able to do that. I agree. Uh, 
Adeco and PeopleFlow, we got more mergers Ooh, and acquisitions. Man. Adeco, I think Adeco out of the two is much more interesting just from the standpoint of we're talking about a people company, a staffing company. It's their job. It's their money to be mm-hmm. able to get the right people into right jobs. Um, and then you've got gen- General Assembly, which uh, they're more of a credentialing, uh, a skilling up type of organization. So uh, if I needed in-demand skills, like whether it's coding or something like that, I could actually take courses through General Assembly. This makes sense, obviously, from the standpoint of a deco being able to go out after these different clients and say, guess what, guys, whether it's just staffing, RPO, whatever it is, we can actually not just go out and find the types of candidates that you're looking for. We can take what you need. We can grow them. This is what an actual fucking talent pipeline looks like guys you don't just go out and steal (laughs) and find you grow that shit too and this from my standpoint for 412 million dollars is genius for a deco if they pull this off right yeah yeah i i think we feel about this uh, acquisition, sort of like how we felt about IKEA buying TaskRabbit. Yeah, like it was, <laughs> it was such a, a normal and natural and organic like marriage. Um, this is the same thing, right? Like we place people. Let's right. grow the people ourselves. Let's get right. them right off the tree and uh-huh. then place them. Like that makes a ton of sense. This isn't. This isn't a private equity deal where there's no synergy really at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just, hey, let's just maximize profits, cut the, cut out fat, and then sell this thing off. Yeah. This is like a real uh, acquisition and, and kind of uh, marriage that we like to see happen. Right. So right. kudos to Adeco for seeing that and making that happen. Well, and, and here's the thing, and I say this all the time. If you want to look at what is more efficient and smart, look at staffing companies, look at RPO, definitely look at RPO because they are focused on the EBITDA, right? On mm-hmm. efficiencies. And that's where dollars come from, from efficiencies. And if they have a competitive advantage in the market, they're going to squeeze the hell out of it. Companies can do the same damn thing without acquiring another company. They just have to be smarter about it. Um, but unfortunately, they're not. So you might as well go ahead and just plug into a deco. I mean, seriously, <laughs> bullshit. How stupid. It's like the people are out there. You can skill them up. Go do it. No, we're just going to go ahead and pay really high fucking fees. Uh, don't, don't. Okay. Have fun with that. Have fun with that. So the, our insight into the other acquisition of PeopleFluent, um, is a little less optimistic, uh, but we're both really shocked by the price tag. $150 million. And this has been, this is an applicant tracking system. It's gone through a rebranding, but I mean, it's been in, it's been around for well over 10 years, 15 years, maybe 20 years. Um, I mean, it's it's old, but I mean, it's technology. It has assets, Already, it's it's huge on the compliance side of the house. I know that, which is always something that federal contractors who have huge dollars need, right? Um, and so they've got that from an asset standpoint. And then you take a look at the sales side, which I have no clue what their sales is. But with this low ass ticket number, I, I, what do they have? Like two or three clients, for goodness sakes? This is pitiful. So let's put this in context a little bit. Okay. LinkedIn sells to Microsoft for $26 billion. With a B, yes. With a B. Um, Career Builder and Monster, from what we can tell, about $500 million. 
mm-hmm. at their peak, ten billion dollar valuations. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, Dice and their network valued, I think their uh, valuation is around two hundred million, or maybe that's. Um, yeah, I think that's valuation. So two hundred million. So mm-hmm. you have an ATS, which, like you said, okay, you have low unemployment, you have clients, you have revenue, you have a technology, yeah, you have a brand, and from what we can tell, that's not worth a whole lot. In fact, it's worth less than most job sites that are prominent in this business. So you know, we talk about commoditization, we talk about value. Like, what in the world is going on that an ATS? is valued so low. I don't know. Like that does not bode well for its competition. I had to read that snippet twice. And I think, I don't think that they're actually, I think they're going through the process right now. It hasn't actually finalized, Yeah, but still it's just, it, that's a pathetic price tag for somebody who's been in the industry as long as they have that should have enormous amount of technical assets and mm-hmm. enormous amounts of fucking sales. <laughs> How much of selling do you think is potentially fear of, you know, the big guys getting into this, uh, the Googles, the the LinkedIn's, those guys? Like, is this just, hey, it's time to sell and we better get 150 now or else that's going to be 75 in a year and it's going to be 25 in two years and you know, is that part of the thought process? You think? Oh yeah, I definitely think it is. Um, not to mention, yeah. you're looking at all these other the un-ATS types of uh, technologies that are popping out all over the place. Um, a lot of the the older platforms they haven't evolved as fast as they have needed to. So they yeah. see these these newcomers coming out, and it's like, look, we got to get out of this now because we, I mean, we're going to get out with zero uh, after a yep. while. So I think it, it's definitely pressure on their side, not just from the big names, but all these small up and comers who have better tech. I agree. Let's hear a quick word from AJ and we'll talk about our favorite topic, sex robots. America's job exchange is a market leader in diversity recruitment and an OFCCP compliance solution provider. We serve over a thousand customers consisting of federal contractors and subcontractors to SMBs and Fortune 500 organizations. America's Job Exchange specializes in job distribution to over 6,500 state one-stop career centers and community-based organizations, ensures the creation and maintenance of state credentials, obtains veteran preference on job postings, robust outreach management, and supports effective, positive recruitment efforts designed to recruit individuals with disabilities, veterans, women, and minorities. For more information, call us at 866-926-6284 or visit us at www.americasjobexchange.com. So sex robots is only part of ending commentary. The first one I guess we should talk about is a pivot by DCC. I've never heard of these guys. DCC Jobs raises 1 million seed round led by Skip Capital and rebrands itself as Work 180. Mm. Sexy. (laughs) Yeah, work180.co. Yeah, so this this is interesting just from the standpoint of it is a a women's uh, search network pretty much. Um, but here's here's mm-hmm. here's the key. It's it's a velvet rope type of uh, a platform slash community, let's say, where um, you have to be endorsed to be able to use the platform. So if your policies don't meet don't actually meet the policies 
of uh, work 180, then you can't use it. And we're talking about policies with regard to equal pay, um, the uh, obviously equality types of policies within your organization. Uh, from my understanding, they vet you for all of those things before you're allowed to come and speak with their women. Velvet ropes are nice, but this sounds a little bit discriminatory to me in the reverse. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I could, you could say like, it's discriminatory. Here's the, here's the thing, though, and this is what I don't think people actually get. It's kind of like the the idiot who said, uh, you know, I couldn't see an ad on Facebook because I was a you know a, an old white male, and they only put it out there for females. <laughs> the reason why they do that, the reason why these sites exist, the reason why uh, disability hiring sites exist, is because companies suck at actually getting those people to, to become more diverse. And yeah. what do you do? I mean, seriously, what do you do? Do you just go to a general population site, throw jobs out there and say, God, I hope women apply? Or do you smartly target and go after those types of individuals in these types of communities? I say the latter um, because it just makes good sense. If I know my culture, if my culture sucks when it comes to females or it sucks because I don't have veterans or individuals with disabilities or what have you, what do I do? I go after them in a targeted fashion. So I think, I think this is smart. I just think the velvet rope piece is, could be a, a little much. Um, but I, I mean, I guess, I guess we'll find out. It's, it's an interesting, interesting play. That's for damn sure. You know, his, historically diversity is one of the biggest rackets in our industry. <laughs> well, yeah. If and I will, I will say it because traditionally companies need to target diverse audiences, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Yep. So the, the model of like, I'm going to create a job site and, and call it diversity jobs or uh, African-American jobs and get money from companies because they can then tell the feds like, oh, yeah, we're diversity because we're on mm -hmm. diversity jobs or we're on uh, right. African-American jobs and women jobs, da, da, da. But all the while, these vendors that are getting money like aren't that interested in being diverse. They're interested in leveraging the power of the law to make companies buy into their product. And their brand saying, yes, yeah, saying that we are diversity. Yeah. So, so to me, this is like 2.0 of what we saw in the, in the yeah, early but 2000s. Here's, here's the thing. It's all about outcomes now. So before it was like, oh, let's be warm and fuzzy. And let's say we love women and we love veterans and individual disabilities, so on and so forth. All these different say, let's say we just, we want to hire them all, but yet we don't effectively do it because our outcomes show that we're hiring a bunch of white males or, or we're hiring a bunch of yeah. Asian males. I mean, depending on where, where you're at in the country, right? Um, so it all comes down to outcomes. So many of those sites, those old timey sites, like you're talking about, were really just there for that word diversity. You know, it, it didn't matter, right? Now, smart companies, not all of them, because they're not all smart. I'm talking about talent acquisition. They are focusing on outcomes and they want to see business cases that are focused on outcomes for specific companies to get women into these types of jobs. How can you help me actually diversify, really diversify my culture? If you can't show me that, hit the bricks, pal. Fair enough. And you know who else oh, loves women? China and India. <laughs>
Yes, the discrepancy of male to women ratio in these countries, apparently. You've got an interesting story here. Actually, Julie sent me this story and she was like, this is going to flip your lid. Um, Out of China, China's population is 1.4 billion and there are nearly 34 million more males than females which is actually the equivalent of the population close to the population of California or Poland. And and this is the big, obviously we're talking about diversity, right? This is going to be hard for them to have diverse organizations, but we're talking about guys. Oh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be hard. All right. They'll never find wives. Come on. And they will rarely have sex. Come on, dude. That's, that's, that's funny. I mean, I made I made a joke and you didn't acknowledge it. It's okay. Oh, I, I didn't hear I, it. I said it's going to be really hard. Anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> but we know so the sex robots are coming, and they're definitely coming to China and India because there's a lot of horny dudes without women. Yeah, India is worse than China. So those numbers that I just read to you um, are are China, and India is actually worse. So, yeah, from, from an industry standpoint, we joke about sex robots, and we joke about – all these types of things with automation. But I mean, seriously, this is a real thing. And I think I'm going to start uh, looking at stock. So, <laughs> Dude, yes. Virtual reality. I mean, you know, we're, we're human beings, right? Like we still have needs and shit. Like anyway. Yeah. And like China made this problem, right? Yes. Like culturally yes. and legally, like they're in this problem that they have now. Yes. Not thinking about the, long-term impact of only having male children. I mean, how's that going to impact all the other countries that are around them? Mm-hmm. Um, not just their own country. So, I mean, this is, this is actually kind of scary, especially when we're talking about diversity and we're talking about culture. That's a hell of a lot of men that outweigh women, 34 million in China and I think 37 million See, in India. This is historically when governments say, let's just start a war. Things happen when there's an imbalance in nature. And I'm just saying like war is sometimes the remedy for that imbalance. Obviously, governments start wars for for far less than something like this. We're talking about a huge difference in population, not just I mean, not just in that in that country, but globally. I'm talking about the size population of almost of California. That is ridiculous. And Poland. <laughs> <laughs> Had to throw that in there. Uh, I think we out, dude. Sex robots, we out. Hi, I'm Tristan. Thanks for listening to my stepdad, the Chad, and his goofy friend, Cheese. You've been listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on all the knowledge dropping that's happening up in here. They made me say that. The most important part is to check out our sponsors because I need new track spikes. You know, the expensive shiny gold pair that are extra because, well, I'm extra. For more, visit chatcheese.com. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. 
Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.